to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. This week is absolutely magical, as it's the start of the NFL season. That means we have nonstop football action for the next five months. Let that soak in. Joining me on the show today is Scott Shapiro. We're going to talk about the NFL Week 1 action. But first, I want to talk about opening weekend of college football. I was on the wrong side of two terrible bad beats. The first with Northwestern plus six and a half versus Stanford, and the other with Oregon plus three and a half versus Auburn. So I'm watching the Northwestern game in an outdoor bar in New Buffalo, Michigan. I'm with my wife, and we're waiting to be seated to get some grub. All Northwestern has to do to cover is not do something stupid. What happens? They do something stupid, fumble the ball in the end zone, and Stanford recovers. And what is a scene that many of you can relate to? I'm the only person in the bar yelling at the TV about how in the world this could happen. Everybody else is oblivious to a game in which they have no interest in. Fast forward to the Auburn versus Oregon game, and Oregon is in control the entire way. That is until the final seconds in which they're not. Absolutely brutal backdoor cover by Auburn. The lesson in this is about bankroll management. Did it suck that I lost both of these bets? 100%. However, it didn't devastate my bankroll because in each game, I only bet one unit. These losses were no different than my Georgia Southern plus 27 and a half bet that lost by a million points. A loss is a loss. You chalk it up to the game and you move on. What you don't want is for the loss to account for more than a loss. Because to be a successful sports better, you need to have a long-term mindset. You need to be disciplined. This goes for those of you who want to make a ton of coin betting, as well as those action junkies like myself. One more thing I want to do is set expectations for our relationship in this podcast. What I aim to do is teach you sports betting mindset and fundamentals that can help you become a better better. It's how I can deliver the most amount of value to you. Because the picks we give on this show will win and lose. As we saw with the Northwestern and Oregon games, the margin of victory or defeat is razor thin. Over my sports betting journey, I've gotten better by learning from others. To help with this learning curve, I'm going to bring on some sports betting experts to share their knowledge and picks with you. This podcast is one where we are on this journey together, a community of like-minded sports bettors. For those of you who think this podcast sucks because I'm not as good as the previous host was or a pick I give didn't win, then go somewhere else. This community is not a good fit for you. But... For those of you who get down like I get down, then this is going to be a fun ride, and I look forward to interacting with you and having you part of this show. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. Before we get to the games, from our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any covers experts product when you use promo code sharp 25 take advantage of this limited time offer save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank again 
That's Sharp25 for 25% off any product. News team, assemble! To help get us ready for week one of the NFL season, joining me is Scott Shapiro, football analyst at Bet America. Scott, super excited to have you on the show. Yeah, awesome to join you, Rob. It's like Christmas week here, a couple days till the Thursday kickoff, and then the full slate on Sunday. College football got us going. A great time of the year, man. So I asked on Twitter what you wanted to see out of the show, and many of you said some of the things that Joe used to do on the podcast regarding picks. So in this episode, we're going to give you some picks, and we're going to chop up the NFL action in a few different ways. And we'll get to the Thursday night football game, but we're going to put that at the end since people will be listening to this at different times. So, Scott, let's start with the number one thing that stood out to me. Road favorites. They can be so comfortable. A better team taking on an inferior one. And let's start with this. The Ravens laying seven at the Dolphins. And this is a line that has had a ton of action and, oh, by the way, this is a potential 80-20 rule game, meaning 80% of the action is on the Ravens. What are your thoughts with this? Yeah, well, Rob, it's totally understandable why people would be reluctant to bet the Dolphins, especially with the recent trade of Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, the thought that they're tanking, which it seems to be pretty obvious at this point, despite what Coach Brian Flores says. So I, uh, it's going to be uncomfortable to bet the Dolphins, but I'm a little bit reluctant to bet the Ravens laying seven on the road this week for a couple of reasons. One, the heat in Miami early in the season can be uh, a little bit forgotten by betters, and uh, we've seen Miami pull some upsets in the past. And secondly, the Ravens still should have a very solid defense, but they lost a lot last year uh, from their defense last year. They lost leader Terrell Suggs. They lost C.J. Mosley, who called the plays on their defense and they lost Eric Weddle, as well as Zadarius Smith. So the Ravens should have a pretty solid year. Lamar Jackson should move forward in his second year. But uh, this is a stay away for me, as much as I like to get involved in a lot of games. Laying seven on the road with the Ravens is a little bit iffy for me, and it's hard to back the Dolphins, Rob. All right, next one, Chiefs laying three and a half at the Jaguars. And get this, one of these two teams has a Super Bowl winning quarterback under center. And guess what? It is not the Chiefs. There's big bounce back potential for the Jaguars. They still have a good defense. Leonard Fournette could still be good. And oh, by the way, perception of the Chiefs is sky high, which to me says, be careful. Yeah, I really like the Jaguars, not only this year, but in this spot against the Chiefs at home, getting three and a half. Like you said, their defense should be back to uh, elite level after last year, uh, falling off from an incredible year two years ago. Uh, I think regression was ex to be expected from that team, maybe not as much as we saw, but they kind of quit with Blake Bortles at quarterback. Now, as you mentioned, they have Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles in the huddle. They got a healthy Leonard Fournette. I expect their offense to be much more efficient, and I expect their defense to be back to its old ways. Nothing against the Chiefs. I expect them to have another great year. Maybe Patrick Mahomes won't throw for 50-plus touchdowns, but I think the Jaguars will be fired up. They'll keep this close. They either get away with a win or maybe lose by two or three points. Take the Jaguars and the points. All right, then the other one, the Rams laying three at the Panthers. And once again, here's another high-perception team because everyone loves to fall in love with high-powered offenses, and everyone forgets that there's multiple facets to this game. So it's very easy to blindly be like, oh, I'm just going to take the Chiefs or I'm going to take the Rams. And the Panthers are a team last year is kind of a disaster for them. 
Cam Newton got injured. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey ascended to a new level, which was great. But it wasn't the year that everyone was looking for there. And I think this is a unique spot for the Panthers, given the perception everybody has on the Rams. Uh, Cam Newton is still a little bit dinged up, which I'm not exactly in love with there. But I do think that this is a nice spot for people who want to back the Panthers. Yeah, Cam Newton had a real uh, hard time throwing the ball last year with a shoulder injury, and it seems like he's healthy, but you, you mentioned the foot injury. Hopefully it seems like he's okay, probably just managing it in the preseason. Panthers D, we, uh, we expect big things from them. Last year, one of the league's worst defenses, which was surprising. I'm not sure where I stand with the Rams, though, this year, Rob. Maybe they figured out Jared Goff a little bit last year towards the end of the year. Bill Belichick certainly did as well as Vic Fangio and the Bears. But I do expect their defense to be better. They had a lot of talent. Maybe underachieved a little bit throughout most of last year. I expect Wade Phillips in his second year with the Rams to have them playing at a high level. I lean Rams in this game, but it's another game I'm not too crazy about. And the, the last game, which doesn't do much for me, Lions laying two and a half at the Cardinals. Uh, my initial gut reaction was, should the Lions be giving points on the road to anyone? This is stay away century. This is the only reason I would watch this game is for Kyler Murray, but I want no part of this. Yeah, it's a very tough game to handicap, Rob, especially because we haven't seen the air raid attack of Cliff Kingsbury uh, unleashed yet. So how will the Lions and Matt Patricia deal with what they haven't seen, kind of projecting what they expect it to be with Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson? But the Cardinals secondary is a disaster right now. They're without Patrick Peterson. They're without their uh, other starting quarterback name escaping me at the moment. Um, but the Cardinals, uh, their defense is going to be – really in trouble this year they have a poor offensive line I lean Lions in this game but I'm with you it won't be one of the games I'm getting vested in so one game which I am very much looking forward to Sunday night football Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Patriots Patriots six point favorites and I'm very bullish on the Steelers because I think perception of them is different out there they see that the Steelers lose AB they lose Le'Veon Bell but, and I've mentioned this before, they still have a top five offensive line, Super Bowl winning coach, Super Bowl winning quarterback, plenty of weapons out there. But it is never fun betting against the Patriots, certainly up in Foxborough. So where do you lean on this game? Sounds like we think the same on the Steelers. It seems like everybody's down on them, handing the division to the Browns. And yes, they were without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell is gone. At, for, uh, but he wasn't there last year and James Conner filled in admirably along with Jalen Samuels. Like you said, they've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They still have plenty of weapons. Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald. I'm expecting Dante Moncrief to emerge as a solid wide receiver too for them. And their defense is a lot better than I think people give them credit for, especially that pass rush led by uh, Wisconsin, my, my alma mater, T.J. Watt. Uh, but I, I think the Steelers are getting disrespected now. They have not had a lot of success against the Patriots, as we know. But we also know the Patriots don't always come out of the gates with their best football. And I'm a little concerned uh, with David Andrews, the loss of the veteran center for the Patriots. I'm sure they'll figure it out by the end of the year. But that's something that often gets underestimated, the center-quarterback relationship. Uh, I think the Steelers hang in this one, probably lose the game because they always find a way to lose to the Patriots. But I'm with you. I think the Steelers are a team to, to look out for this year. I really like a prop that I saw on them to make the playoffs at about even money on Bet America. I'm bullish on the Steelers like you are. I'll take the points. Yeah, I took the under on the Brown season win total, and I did take Love the it. Steelers to win the division in this. Uh, being a Steelers 
fan, one of my betting principles is I don't bet on them on a week-to-week basis because uh, I'm so vested already with them. But in week one, I am always more likely to take points than give them. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really know if I'll be betting any favorites. And I didn't know you were a Steelers fan. How do you feel about Mike Tomlin? I hear some fans really uh, are, are, are anti-Tomlin to a point where I – don't understand, but he certainly has made some very questionable decisions. I love Mike Tomlin because he's, he has not had a losing record. Right. And Pittsburgh were called Yinzers. And in any yep. fan base, there's going to be noise from those fans who are discontent that call into sports talk radio and say, get rid of Mike Tomlin. So hypothetically speaking, sure, get rid of Mike Tomlin. And who are you going to replace him exactly. with that has won a Super Bowl in one as many games as him? Listen, the big challenge for the Steelers has been trying to beat the Patriots. Welcome to the rest of the NFL. <laughs> if the Patriots didn't exist, the Steelers would be significantly better. But that's, that's how it is. So no coach is perfect. I love Mike Tomlin. Is he fallible? Of course, but so is every other coach. And for me, it comes down to the fundamentals of success. And in football, it is stability. And I love the stability that the Roonies have brought with having Chuck Noll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin because you see so many organizations that are always trying to change their coaches or bring in new players there. And the more stable an organization is, for me, the better chances of success. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the thing you said most is if you're going to get rid of Tomlin, that I agree with most is if you're going to get rid of Tomlin, who do you have to bring in? I mean, who's better than Mike Tomlin out there? And you have had a lot of success with Mike Tomlin. And, and like you said, that carousel of coaches doesn't seem to be something that I would want my team to be a part of. So the next thing I want to look at is let's give an upset pick, an underdog that we like that could win straight up. And really there's five games that I think could qualify or the ones that I was at least looking at the bills plus three at the jets, the Falcons plus four at the Vikings Titans plus five and a half at the Browns Colts plus six and a half at the chargers and the Texans plus seven at the Saints. Did you have any thoughts on one of those games, or did you have one of your own? No, yeah, let's stick to one of those games, and let's talk about the Colts Chargers, Rob. I think the Colts are getting a little disrespected. I know Andrew Luck was one of the best quarterbacks in the league and a great leader, but I really like this Colts roster, and I think Jacoby Brissett is much better than people think. People look back to two years ago when Jacoby Brissett had a very limited roster, had a different head coach in Indianapolis, and really did not do that well on that team. I believe it was 4-11 and as a starter that year. Now you have a different Colts roster. You have one of the best offensive lines in football. You've got an up-and-coming young defense led by rookie defensive rookie of the year, Darius Leonard. And you've got plenty of weapons to go along with that great offensive line for Jacoby Brissett. So if Jacoby Brissett can just be a distributor and run the offense, I think the Colts are going to go over their win total. And I'm not sure why this spreads as big as it is. The Chargers have a very limited home field advantage, if any, at this point. Sure, a limited sample size were going on, but we know that a lot of teams took over that stadium last year. And I think this is a game that's going to come down to the end. Uh, The Chargers may be able to win it, but it's a big money line on the Colts. I think they have a chance to pull the upset in Jacoby Brissett's first start since getting the new contract. 
Scott, great minds think alike because uh -oh. I'm with you on the Colts. Chargers, no Derwin, no Derwin James, right. no Melvin Gordon, no Russell Okung. And one thing that I learned from the Steelers last year is all of those distractions are a thing. So Melvin Gordon, you can say, oh, we move on without him. But nonetheless, the – the media is talking to the players about what's up with Melvin Gordon. So there's uncertainty in the role. And even with Phillip Rivers' instability there, it's just not an ideal situation there. And with the Colts, uh, it's so many people are writing them off because they have no Andrew Luck. But there's so many other good pieces. And, and I always go back to it. Their offensive line is good. And when you look, the Texans just traded for Laramie Tunsil because their offensive line was garbage last year. So you say, all right, where is their stability? We like Frank Reich as a coach. We yes. like the offensive line. Uh, we liked the Colts a month ago. So sure, the quarterback change is going to be a little bit different. But I like this opportunity for the Colts in a position where the Chargers are anything but certain for me. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned the offensive line of the Chargers and the Colts. The Chargers offensive line is banged up and in trouble right now. You mentioned Russell Okun, but just in general, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of experience there. And Phil Rivers is not a very mobile quarterback, so it won't take a lot to get a, some pressure up the middle, perhaps, or from the end on him. The Chargers are not a team coming in with a ton of momentum. I know they had an amazing season last year until they went to New England. I think the Colts are getting disrespected. And you mentioned Frank Reich one of the best offensive minds, and I think soon to be one of the best head coaches in the game. I love the Colts plus the points, and I think they have a chance to win. Yeah, and for me, I will take the Colts as an upset pick on the money line. All right, next thing that we're going to get to, and this is a theme of the Sharp 600, is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I want people to understand that the Chiefs and Rams aren't always 16-0 against the spread that sometimes bad teams do win bets. So in this section, we're going to look at games that are uncomfortable to be on the other side. And there's three or four of them. One, Bengals plus nine and a half at Seattle. Giants plus seven at Cowboys. Redskins plus nine and a half at Eagles. All of those are some of the, the largest point spreads of the week do any of those stand out to you or is there another bet that you think is uncomfortable but you sort of like it yeah is there anything more uncomfortable than putting your money on Eli Manning at this point in his career but uh, I think the Giants are the right side of this game it's a division rivalry the Cowboys as you mentioned little bit of turmoil lots of their top players with contract issues is Ezekiel Elliott going to get signed by them what's up with Amari Cooper's health uh, these are questions not crazy about Jason Garrett as a head coach ever, especially laying big points. And the Giants are revamped. I know that people are thinking of Eli Manning and they lost Odell Beckham Jr. Their defense is okay, but they're one, we, we keep talking about offensive lines, Rob, but their offensive line is revamped and I think they'll do a decent job of protecting their quarterbacks, whether it be Eli Manning or Daniel Jones this year. I don't know if the Giants can win this game, but give me seven points in the division rivalry to start the year. It won't be very comfortable, but I'm hoping the Giants can cover this game. I like that. As a whole, I think I like the Giants slightly more than most people do because everyone just wants to write off Eli. But once again, I go back to the fundamentals of an organization, and I do believe that the Giants organization as a whole is a relatively stable one. And it's not that I'm going to say they're going to win the division or win the Super Bowl or anything. Just my perception of the Giants is slightly better than what others think. And for me, I'm going to take the Dolphins plus seven because nice. of the 80-20 rule. It feels disgusting to be like, I got the Dolphins this week. 
But guess what? We got Fitzmagic in week one. As long as he is still the quarterback, there's always an opportunity at the backdoor cover. Plus everything that you said about the Ravens defense, you, you sit and you're like, well, how in the world could this happen? You're like, well, Lamar Jackson isn't exactly the most known commodity out there. I'm not exactly scared of the Ravens offense. So sometimes, uh, one, there's a key number. So I like that seven at home. Sign me up for that. Plus everybody else on one side. Uh, it's very uncomfortable, but it's a very logical thing that over the course of the year, if someone's getting a key number and it's 80-20 rule, I'm going to bet it blindly. I love the topic because it is important in stressing that betting the best teams every week is not a winning formula in betting the NFL or really betting any sport for that matter. So yes, being uncomfortable, maybe you don't even want to watch the game. Maybe you want to watch other games and just follow that score along and hope that maybe you can get that 13-7 Ravens win or 20 20 to 14. But remember, the Dolphins have pulled upsets earlier in the year. They beat the Bears last year in the in the heat down there. Bears 12 and 4, one of their losses. So I don't mind it. It's it's very uncomfortable to bet the Dolphins this year, but it fits the topic perfectly. All right. Let's go to Thursday night. Kicking off the season. I'm based in Chicago. We got the Chicago Bears laying three at home, taking on the Green Bay Packers. And oftentimes in sports betting, you look at who is the better quarterback. And this is the Aaron Rodgers effect. You always feel like you have a chance with Aaron Rodgers. And people are sort of, they don't know what to think about Maserati Mitch. And is he the best quarterback there? But I feel like the Bears are a better team overall. It's like better Bears team versus Aaron Rodgers. I like David Montgomery, the running back for the Bears coming in here because he's a very versatile back, which I think will do wonders for this Bears offense that I think can look non-traditional because they've got a lot of weapons. Mitch is mobile. Tariq Cohen can do things. Montgomery can do things. So I'm curious your thoughts on this. Yeah, I found this game to be one of the toughest to handicap on the board, maybe because these teams seem to always, almost always play close games when they're competitive. And if you looked at the total even, they seem to play in that mid-40s range quite often. I'm going to lean Packers in this game slightly because of the Aaron Rodgers effect. It's a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the new coaching staff with Matt LaFleur uh, brings a variable that we really don't know what to expect. But the Packers added some uh, key pieces on defense. Their pass rush should be better. And I'm a little concerned with the Bears' defense regressing a little. I know the roster is loaded on defense, but Novick Fangio is huge, one of the best defensive minds in the game. They also have two new players in the secondary. Talent-wise, they're fine bringing in ha-ha uh, Clinton Dix uh, to replace Adrian Amos, but it might take a little while for them to gel. Um, so therefore, I think I've got to lean taking the points with the Packers in this game. And since it's Thursday night in a standalone game, I'll have to make it a pick of some sort. But this is a stay away game, a great game that I wish I had a big stronger opinion in. You did mention some of the Bears key pieces. They added Corderell Patterson too, who if you're playing fantasy football, things like that, betting prop bets. He's not your guy. But he, he's going to make a couple big plays. You mentioned David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. They brought in Mike Davis. I'm expecting the offense to take a step forward to maybe make up for a defense taking a little step back. But maybe Aaron Rodgers can pull this one out in the opener. And what is a big game, even though it's just the first game in a division that should be tight all year. So last thing we're going to get everybody out on is a six-point teaser. Here's how it works. We're going to add six points to the point spread one way or another, but we've got to make two bets in order to get the same payout for one. And what I'm going to do is I'm going with the Colts plus 12 and a half at the Chargers. 
And I'm taking the Falcons plus 10 at the Vikings. In that game, I see them as very similar teams, very evenly matched. I think the Falcons could win that game straight up. But at the same time, I'm not overly concerned about the Vikings. So for that, Colts plus 12 and a half, Falcons plus 10. I like getting double digits. What about you? I love that you took points in both of them. It seems like the public a lot of times likes to tease down and, and pick teams to win outright, but I really like getting those extra points. Obviously, based on what I said, I'm with you on the Colts plus 12 and a half as one half of mine. Really like your pick with the, uh, with the Falcons, but I'm going to go with the Bills plus nine against the Jets. I like the under more in this game, but I think it's going to be a tight, hard-nosed football game with two up-and-coming teams, two second-year quarterbacks that I think is going to come down to the wire. Give me over a touchdown with the Bills. So Colts plus 12 and a half and Bills plus nine for my six-point teaser, Rob. So let's recap this. For me, my uncomfortable pick of the week, I'm taking the Dolphins plus seven. My money line dog upset pick, Colts money line over the Chargers. And my six-point teaser, Colts plus 12 and a half, Falcons plus 10. Scott, what about you? So my six-point teaser, once again, is Colts and Bills. My uncomfortable pick is the Giants. And my underdog to win is the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, plus three and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. Scott, I am so excited to be talking about NFL Week 1 action. This is just a glorious time of the year. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at ScottShap34. You can also find uh, my writing on extra.betamerica.com where I write a Sunday six-pack, a Thursday night preview. And uh, I guess that's it. I mean, uh, Twitter is where you can pretty much find everything I do. I'm on there quite a bit. Um, and I uh, really enjoyed uh, joining you for the first time, Rob. It was fun. And I want to hear from you. Give me your six-point teaser, Moneyline Dog Upset Pick, or Get Comfortable Being Uncomfortable Pick of the Week. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and make sure to use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community. Also, make sure to tag at covers and i say this every episode we would love for you to subscribe rate and review because when you do it really helps us out and when you do it i'll give you a shout out on the podcast i want to give a shout out to to john decam and fat clemenza who gave us five stars in a review on itunes i really appreciate you listening and taking action it means the world to me and remember if you want to be a sharp don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pump. Pumping in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.